and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. He's your favorite Mexican-American Gemini from South Texas. It's Chibi. And she's the lipstick-loving Salvadorican from Brooklyn, New York. It's Rocky. And this is Words and Shit. The show where you get to know the person behind the poetry. Brought to you by Write Art Out. Hi. Hi, friend. Hey, friend. Hey, Rocky. How are you doing? I'm doing really great. I actually really love our little flyer right before. I was like, oh, yeah, look at us. Yo, yo, I was going to I was going to say I was like, we look like boss ass bitches. Okay, we do. do. Like, I feel like you can like definitely book us and we'd be like, are we we models? Are we poets? Are we podcasters? What's the deal? Because we look fine as fuck. The answer is D, all of the above. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Right. Oh yeah, that's that's becoming my that, that's going to be my profile picture instantly. Going to make that happen. Yeah, that mm. became my profile picture really quick too. I was like, mm, and I'm just going to keep it on just to catfish people for the next like three years. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Well, I'm really I'm really excited about tonight. Um, for those of us that are joining us for the first time, or even if you've been here before, we're doing things a little bit differently. You know, um, usually we will have a poet on that we will feature and then we'll interview them so that you can get to know the, the person behind the poetry. But we're we're almost done with this yeah. season. Yeah, this episode and we have like three more and then we're completely done. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're getting to the end. And so we just felt like let's do a check in, check in with each other, yes. check in with the audience, um, you know, and and. For those that do watch the show on the regular, we, you see us week after week, but do you really know us? No, I don't really think so. I think, <laughs> I don't think they definitely do. They don't, um, you know, Chippy, I think that definitely you are more uh, out there in the poetry scene. And I took a hiatus where I'm more back in, you know, in the back um, scenes of everything. And so people are like, who who is this Rocky? Who is this person that's been like the co-host with Chibi? I know that some who? of our poets are just like, where do we know you from? Because <laughs> you've been around. That's the thing. You've been around. You've been in the scene. But it's like you say, you kind of took a hiatus. Like I want to dive into like you and all things you and what you do. I love that Io is like facts. Yes, we're boss ass bitches. These things happen. <laughs> oh, thank you, Io. Oh. I love me some Io. He's literally the bring of joy um but before we dive into the conversation because i feel like we do this every week and i think it's a valid check-in um so let's check in rocky yeah how's your heart today (laughs) you get to say it to me (laughs) how's my heart oh wow um you know what the month of april has been really hard um for, you know, I'm just gonna, cause we're gonna get personal and everything. So um, one of the weeks that I couldn't come in was because my grandmother had passed away, my Puerto Rican grandmother, and that was really mm-hmm. hard for me. Um, and I think like my soul is still recuperating, but um, the past week or so I've been really, been around like family and friends and people who really care about me and who kind of just remind me, you know, to be loved and be present. So mm-hmm. I think this is really great to, 
to kind of for us to do this because I think it's yeah. another way of showing love and affection um, and being in the space of Poodle magic, right? Because mm, um, so, that is what we create every week. It's Poodle yeah, magic. I love it that. Is. It <laughs> is. So, um, you know, I'm excited. But how about you? How's yeah. your heart? <laughs> Before you do, I, I just want to acknowledge what I'm seeing happening in the comment section where we've got people checking in from Florida, from New York, Axel's in the house, Ryan McMaster's giving us compliments. Uh, Lynn says, holding you in the light for your loss. So thank you, Lynn. Um, and, and, and I feel like we sometimes forget to say, but like, guys, we do the show live for a reason because the comment section and you, the audience that's watching is such an integral part of it. So like, please keep using the comment section. I'd like, I like to see those comments coming through. We like to connect with our audiences and this is your time, your turn, turn, your chance, your turn, your churn to ask us questions. So throw that, throw that in there. Um, okay. That's all. That's all I got. That's ah. all I got. I know it's kind of nerve wracking when we're right here, you know, like on the other side, it's like, Ooh, here we can be like intimate and you get to know a little bit about us. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, audience, if you have any questions to really get to know Tibby or even for me, definitely drop a comment, you know, throughout the time. This is the perfect episode to do so. Um, but yeah, so let's, let's go in and how was your heart, Jimmy? <sighs> oh, today is good. Today is good. I, this is my third event today. Okay. Um, and so that fills my heart to, to, to be active and be part of it. But I, I, you know, we're being honest in terms of like the past year, yeah. my heart's a little restless. My heart's a little anxious. Um, my heart will sometimes turn on me and, you know, be like, you're not doing enough mm. or why, why do you have an off day? <laughs> Why did you spend the day watching movies and playing video games? You know, um, so it, it it will turn on me every once in a while to where I do feel very restless. I feel very anxious. I'm I'm a constant doer, yeah. and especially like now where I'm focusing so much more on on writing and performing and and doing all that and living that kind of life to where it's like. Um, like I, I, I need to do more and um, I need the rest of America to get their shit together so that we can go back to having, you know, spaces where we can hold each other physically, you know, like these virtual spaces have been great, uh, but to physically be around community, uh, I know my heart is missing it. And um, so, yeah, I'm in that, I'm in that space of like, some days are great like today where it's like, boom, 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 boom. Ha ha. I've reached the end of the day. I deserve my end of the night martini. And then some days it's like, my end of the night martini started at two o'clock in the afternoon because there's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Those are some days, especially during quarantine, like I, I've had like, do I want to start drinking right now? I'm like, wait, <laughs> I, have, like, I have work. <laughs> Uh -huh. And you all, no judgment, no judgment out there. If you two are having 2 p.m. martinis, yeah. we have those. You know, salute, Rocky. Speaking of, you've got salut. salut, salut, salut. With my little bad bunny um, wine. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. For those who, uh... <laughs> bad bunny, bad bunny, <laughs> bad bunny, bad bunny. Uh, I love that. You, you are very Puerto Rican in nature. In that case, you know. 
really okay. I mean, we can go into it, like, but um, let's. What? Wait. All right. No. First question. Let me ask you this. Um, because a lot of people, you know what? No. Flip that. No question. A lot of people, like you said, they may not be aware of who you are because like you're kind of in the background a lot of times in the community. You now work as an administrator, you coordinate event and create spaces, but like you were on multiple slam teams, okay? I was. You you (laughs) had multiple, you know, slam competitions, okay? Um, So I, I would like us, if it is okay with you, to start off with you showing the people who you are and what you do. Can you like just drop a poem for us and we can go from there. Ooh, all right, cool. So I know we were talking about like poems. All right, so yes, as Shibi was saying, I was in a regional um, slang competition for Southern Fried for Southwest Shootout. Um, One of our teams came in um, third place, right? Um, Definitely always like one of the top um, competitors for Poodle Slam in San Antonio. And where I really started out was Blah Poetry Spot, where, you know, words and shit kind of starts off. And so my work is actually on our little chapbook. I want to like do a little shout out. Like, this is our little chapbook from, <laughs> from Blah Poetry Spot. And um, I want to leave like my one of my best poems for last because I'm, I'm going to get like a little bit more alcohol in me. But if we're going to really talk about who I am, <laughs> Uh, I think we're going to start off with this poem called Horoscopes, right? I, y'all know that I'm a Pisces. If not, I talk about me being a Pisces. So here's a little bit about me being in my feels all the time. So Pisces. Um, it's Horoscopes. Pisces. January love horoscope. Sweet, naive, romantic little fish. Stop looking for love in your horoscope. It will not come. This year is about changes and letting go. So stop feeling like a goldfish, one and a carnival stuck in a flower vase because love was too cheap to buy you a fancy aquarium with a working filter. You are not meant to be flushed down the toilet because of some boy who's never had to take care of anything before, kept you in unclean water filled with your own shit, led you to believe you were the reason for your own suffocation and death. Pisces, you deserve the ocean because you are a narwhal. Yes, a narwhal, the unicorn of the sea. Be a majestic narwhal. Midnight, New Year's Eve. My year started with swallowed back pain, two years of unrecognized tears and a resolution to love myself. 12 months I have cried for goodbyes I thought I would never say. Tattoo reminders near my heart that I deserve to be loved more than I've ever loved anyone in the past five years. Had an affair with the moon. As she waxed and waned patiently for me to ride with the ocean, fell in love with myself. I became a majestic narwhal, ready to welcome the new year with lessons soaked in honey and rose water, healing from phantom aches years before. But my horoscope for the new year reads, January starts Mercury and retrograde, a period of absolute chaos, three weeks of regression. My horoscope tells me, Pisces, you will deal with aspects of yourself that tends towards self-destruction. To resolve feeling like a goldfish stuck in a fire vase again, you will need to listen and love yourself. Be patient, little fish. I told the sun that morning, I never write love poems in fear of jinxing love. That same day, I wanted to write a love poem to myself because it took a long time to remember that love 
looks so good on me and I've survived worse. So I can survive Mercury in retrograde. I can survive three weeks of miscommunication, moodiness, and self-destructive tendencies. A radiant, beautiful unicorn of the sea I am, who swims with the moon, who makes the sun blush when he rises. Learn to swim in the ocean after swimming in my own shit for years. This year, I'm no longer a goldfish. I'm too big to fit in a flower vase again. Thank you. Oh, 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 she got bars, she got words. I, I was like, carnival in a flower vase, in a fair with the moon, love looks so good on me. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay, so, so. I think everybody knows at this point, I'm a Gemini, you're, yes. you're a Pisces. Yes. Uh, we, we're a perfect balance because you're all about the feels and I'm just like, yeah, can we get past the feeling part and just talk about the logistics of it? So like we balance each other out. Um, but that poem just lends itself for me to ask you as an independent Pisces in New York, how's your love life? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> My eyes are so big. Um, Wow. So it's been interesting, right? Um, definitely kind of, I'm single uh, for the most, I feel like for the most part. Um, <laughs> we're living very different lives. I'm married in a pandemic. Yes. You're single in a pandemic. So the people want to know. <laughs> oh man. Do you the people want to, I'm like blushing now. Um, <laughs> um, basically. So what I, I mean, like I've been single, I'm like really flustered now. Um, so I've been, and then you know what's funny? I told Pidget to be like, there's no questions like off the table. Like he can definitely ask this. So it's, you know, I deserve this. Let me go drink something really quick. <laughs> we can pivot, we can pivot. No, no, no. So it's been really interesting because I think um, in New York, a lot of people say that dating in New York sucks. Absolutely mm. sucks. And it kind of does. Um, <laughs> It's really, really hard because especially because you're in the city where you're, there's like millions of people and you're like, how can I not be with someone when there's so many people around me constantly? And then, but you feel very alone sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely take in years for myself to really evaluate what I want. And I think, especially when I came into my 31st year, I really wanted to say that I want to cultivate like love and happiness. Mm -hmm. So right now I am... You know, I'm I'm dating people who I feel like are cultivating those like love and happiness and and love that I think I deserve, right? Um, yeah. Because I know I can reciprocate it, and I know that I know my magic. I know what I can bring, um, affection and love, and I think I I deserve that as well. So yeah, it's, and, yeah. and we we just had a you know we just had a Scorpio moon for two days. <laughs> And uh, as one uh, one person that I know said it, I release the fuckery from my life. Okay, yeah, yes. that is that is it is the season of releasing the fuckery. <laughs> yes. It really, really is. Um, and it's been you know it's been very interesting because you know pandemic wise. Uh, so for all the people who who don't know, I'm also queer, so I I am attracted to um, mostly you know all genders um, and all sexualities. So it's been interesting to see like the queer side and the straight side and how they're all trying to like they just. Let me just tell you, New York City is gonna be a, it's ready electric in the spring. Um, and it's gonna be like a it's gonna be hot. Like the spots are gonna be hot this summer. 
we just if you're in new york please be careful um <laughs> be, take your time but enjoy yourself if you're vaccinated and you're taking the precautions right um that's all i have to say <laughs> I, will, I will i will take it y'all be pr protectors personal protective equipment ppe mm -hmm. does not only go on your face it goes on your <laughs> you know <laughs> put it everywhere be protected i love it so then let, let me dive in let me you know like outside of that question that was inspired by your poem. Let me ask you, you know, like you, again, we're very active in the poetry scene down here in San Antonio. Uh, you you write some beautiful things, absolutely. The comments, the people in the comment section love it. Um, so now you're in an administrative role. Now you curate spaces. Uh, what it, do you miss the stage? Do Ooh. you miss performing? Do I miss performing? Um, Yes and no. So for people who don't know, I basically kind of took over um, poetry scene in San Antonio when I was in my mid-20s, right? It was my first year and then I had amazing mentors. Um, so like shout out to like Rooster, uh, who we've seen on the show as well too, um, who's really like make sure to hone in and edit my stuff. And um, and I do attribute a lot of that to Puro and to, to Blah as well for practicing. And I do, sometimes I do miss the stage. Um, but I also really, I'm always been like the behind the scenes person, right? I don't really always need the spotlight on me. And, you know, I think my work, uh, like my work ethic and what I put out speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes I do miss writing poetry or sometimes I have, you know, words to, to write down when I'm like walking down. I'm like, oh, I should write this. Um, I think, you know, it's really funny because I think for every poet, poet or writer, um, they get self-conscious of like, it's been too long, I've had a hiatus, Even, am I still a writer, am I still a poet? Um, and I have to remind myself like, I can still write, you know? Um, I can yeah. put that label on myself whenever I want to. Um, though I do miss hosting, I do. So I really, I know I, I miss hosting and being around poets like that. Yeah, but even now I still get nerves. Like, I think that's why I'm like, let me just drink a little bit. Cause I'm <laughs> like, is my breathing out of practice? Like, is uh -huh. my, like pacing, you know? Um, I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean you miss hosting? We host a weekly virtual talk show podcast every week. We do, we do, we do, we do. <laughs> but, I, but I get you. There's something different about hosting in-person events, curated events, uh, and things like that. The, 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 the electricity, uh, the electricity that we can't always convey via a virtual screen. I love what Mano just said. Uh, if you're living, you're still a poet. I'm uh, Mano. Thank you. I really appreciate that, you know, um, and definitely it's a, uh, so for people who don't know, I also have my master's in English, right, with a focus in Latinx studies. And like, I will never forget one of my first uh, classes was the poetics, you know, poetics class, right? And the thing is like, what is a poem? And then at the very end of our class, it's basically everything and anything can be a poem, right? Um, so I just got to remind myself that as well. So you know what? With that in mind, right, we're going to transition to someone who's like been, you know, kind of been in the poetry scene to someone who's still in the poetry scene. I'm going to put you in the hot seat, Chibi. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, um, Chibi was, you're pretty amazing. You started in Laredo, right? Well, Houston to Laredo, right? Austin. No. 
to Laredo, to Houston, to San Antonio. Go ahead, go list your go list your cities. Go list your cities. Go ahead. Um, yeah, can you talk about us like how those different cities have like really influenced you? Because I was always only in the San Antonio poetry scene, but you've been in some of the major um, poetry scenes. Like Austin's huge, Houston's huge. Um, you also created um, Letter of the Border Slam, right? You're one of the founders of it. If not, yeah, you are the founder of it. Um, and now you're here in Puro and Blah, you're just like taking over like all over Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started in Austin because that's where I went to, that's where I went to college and that's where I first got exposed to spoken word and poetry slams. Up until then, the only thing I knew of poetry was two roads diverged in a yellow wood, <laughs> you know? Uh, so I didn't really know anything else uh, that was happening. And then I discovered slam and it was like, <clears throat> uh, so always like Austin will always be a, a kind of home for me because like, that's where I started as a, as a poet and a spoken word artist. Uh, and then I moved back home to Laredo because my life was, fuck shit at the time. It was, it was a mess. It was a fucking mess. Yeah. Uh, so I moved back home and because I needed something to A, keep me sober and B, keep me busy to keep me sober, I started Poetry Slam. Uh, and that was Laredo Border Slam. And uh, that uh, all, all I could do was just live in that poetry scene and try and get people to come because poetry and Laredo, like I, like I wanted them to experience what I experienced in Austin. You mm. thought you knew what poetry was. Let mm -hmm. me show you everything poetry can be. Yes. And just called up every favor I had and been like, come feature, please. I will <laughs> buy you Taco Palenque. <laughs> I would like, I'm going to go ahead and claim credit that because of Laredo Border Slam, Taco Palenque has nationwide. I think know, so too. Yeah. <laughs> I feel all the poets that you've like taken because I know you've definitely taken us like as a puro feature and been like Taco Palenque, let's like great, let's go. It's like whoa. And then when it came to San Antonio, I was like, oh, it reminds me of that on the border slam. <laughs> Taco Palenque. Yeah. And then I moved because of work, I moved to see even Io says TP life though. That TP life, <laughs> exactly. Um and then I moved to Houston because of work. I got a promotion mm -hmm. to move to Houston. Uh, and at the same time, uh, Amir Safi had also just moved to Houston from College Station. And one day, randomly, he's just like, yo, I want to start a new poetry scene in Houston. Will you host? And I was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Because I had no friends or family in Houston. I was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. And um, right about now, was born. Um, for, I think our first show was up in the attic and there were like maybe 20 people there. And now it is what it is. I don't need to go into that. Um, and then moved to San Antonio again because of work. And mm -hmm. San Antonio has always been like a really integral part of my poetry life. Oh. You know, it uh, when I was in Austin, we would drive down to San Antonio on the regular because that was the Sam Burger joint yes. uh, days. So it was like, we're going oh, to the Epidome, motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, wow. we go and do the heckle dome. So we would come regularly when I moved to Laredo, San Antonio was the closest city. So like y'all would always travel down to Laredo, not even mm -hmm. to feature, just to slam at Border Slam. And so moving back here, getting involved with Blah, uh, with Puro has always, mwah, has uh, always had, has, San Antonio's always had a very special place in my poetry heart. Uh, it's another place that's always felt like home. So yes, I am of all Texas.
Yes. And I feel like, so oh, in my mind, I'm like, where's next? Where are you going to go next? It's like San <laughs> I know. Always, I think we've always talked about like the idea of home. So is San Antonio going to be home for you? Or are you going to try to take over another city? I'm not trying to take over anything. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to exist, exist in love, in mm -hmm. spaces with people. Yes. Mm -hmm. true. Um, so wherever the world takes me, who knows? Who knows? I just, you know, I I I consider myself uh, a, a conduit more than anything. I just exist to allow other people to get what they need. So that's that's where I'm at. So. Okay, okay, look at you. So you know, I want to hear a sample of like your poetry, right? I know. I mean, obviously, I've I've heard you perform before. Um, but if you can just bless us right now, we can just take a, a moment for your poetry to show people what it seems like to have a poet from Austin, Laredo, Houston, and San Antonio. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, let's do this. Um, I was talking about Texas a lot. I have an ode to Texas, but I'm not going to do that one right now. That's a five minute poem. I want to keep it briefer. Um, but, like, but like, who's going to check you? Because I'm not going to check you. We're like the host. <laughs> like, what are you talking about, Jimmy? <laughs> I, I like <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll do that one. And then we'll get into the feels a little later. Okay. 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 So <laughs> this is an ode to Texas. Mm -hmm. If odes were written the way Mexican moms give compliments. Texas, you stubborn roadkill. Animal muerto en el camino. Apestas, but you can't admit the obvious. Texas, I know you are more than the stereotypes you present to the world. You could be a whole ass delicacy if you didn't so desperately want to be más como el pendejo de tu tío Sam. Face facts, Texas. Your best cowboys are gay and get fucked around back. Don't even try to pretend that cowboys were here before vaqueros. Texas, your desperate attempt to flaunt saran wrap cities in tourism commercials to hide the crusty truth of conquest is a transparent trap for gringos ricos that I can't keep rubbernecking. I've got astigmatism in both eyes anyway. Texas, you're the American story. A stolen land wiping the brown smudges off its ass with white toilet paper. Explícame, why is your legislator so pale when your land is so colorful? Texas. Your gerrymandering is showing. Texas, you're a land littered with Spanish names. You did it before it was cool. Ahí y allá y por todos lados, pronounce them correctly. Or I'm gonna give you a swift kick in the Greg Abbott the next time I hear someone call it Guadalupe. Texas, I hate how big you are. Texas, I love how big you are. Texas, be bigger. Be better. Be like your barbecue, your carne asadas, your crawfish boils, your chili cook-offs, the champion of all things hot and holy. Que no sabes que todo es mejor con cebolla y ajo? Texas, admit it. DFW has gotten out of control, and no one north of San Antonio can claim to have good Mexican food. Texas, let Tex-Mex be its own thing and stop trying to put queso on everything. I am always a taco truck away from home. You should see how free I hang at Hippie Hollow. Just don't take pictures. Texas, your pierced flesh is fracking dry. 
A gallon of oil won't save you. Mira lo que está pasando. Don't you see the acres of unused potential? Texas, fuck suburban sprawl. Your small towns are not a footnote. Not everyone has to be from Houston. Texas, you haven't been the same since you were Mexico. Texas, you pretentious son of a bitch. Stop trying to bully Dallas into being the Chicago of the South. Austin into Los Angeles and Houston into Dallas. California wants to be you when she grows up. Why do you think they keep coming here? Estos gringos que ponen aguacate en todo para sobrecargarte por un pinche toast. Texas. Be the role model for the beautiful, bold, ass, cast iron, melting pot America wants to be. And stop pretending that Marfa isn't anything but a pathetic attempt to be Greenwich Village. We don't need an oasis for artists when every city is already erupting with crafty survivors. Texas, stop treating El Paso como tu primo en la pinta. You can't just pound him off on New Mexico because he's half a day's drive from everywhere else. Text him, tell him you still care. Texas, y'all, emphasis on the all. Texas, I know why they hate on you, why they think you smug, why they roll their eyes every time you puff and proud out your chest and sing that mockingbird cry. Me vale madre lo que dicen. The stars at night are big and bright. Texas, you could be captivating if you started embracing everything you are. Your people are as diverse as your weather in October. And I've been pocketing their stories in the coffers of these pages, the brown, black, red, white, and gold faces you've never allowed to be the desert and the cactus flower, the prickly pear, a night blooming cerias. Let us come out of the dark. Bria, Ibria, Ibria, Ibria. Texas, if you weren't such a sucker, you'd celebrate the 4th of July with chicharrones and jambalaya. Texas, you abusive lover. Como me sigues pegando y yo te sigo amando. You hate yourself for everything you've become. But I'll never leave you. Oof, oof, oof. I know. <laughs> oh, man. Oof, oof. Ooh, um, oh, Marfa, I guess. <laughs> I came uh, for it. And what? Wow, it does. I, I do. I love whenever we have like Texas poets come in and, and do poetry about Texas and obviously, you know, you included because um, it does definitely make me feel um, miss home so much. Uh, I love and I was just thinking because you just started your poem with that both in Spanish and in English. And I feel like you can only I feel like that type of writing is so special to like Latinx individuals right and we've been pushing that even more and more um yeah. and i remember uh, i i want to say i remember seeing a comment on a they always tell you don't look at the comments section on your youtube videos but yeah. i saw a comment on a on a on a video of one of my poems that it was like why do Latino poets always have to like sneak in Spanish into their poems and I want to respond with like why do white poets only write in English? Shut the fuck like, up. 
Yeah, there's no limited. And it's just like we are in this like in between. Your poetry is always about that. There's like in between of Mexico and Laredo or Mexico and and, and Texas, right? Um, and if you really pay attention to, it's just also the way you when you speak Spanish because your dialect is specific to Mexico in some parts, and then other parts are very like Tex-Mex, the Hano, uh, which I really love. Even like the draw too uh, you add the draw i see you i see you i see you i have the draw y'all i'm a i'm a, this is taking me you know it's it's an identity crisis you know because when i go you know my family's from like guadalajara right so we're like deep into mexico and when i go and i visit my cousins they're like Ay, tu acento. Mm -hmm. you know like i have an accent when i speak spanish and similarly, I didn't realize I had a Southern accent until I went up North and someone was like, are you from Texas? And I was like, <laughs> how'd you know? <laughs> like, I, I, my, I, I'm a nice Southern boy. Okay? You are, you definitely I say, are. I say y'all, I say yes, ma'am, no, sir. And I believe that my iced tea should already be sweetened when it comes mm -hmm. to the table. That's exactly. It. And you know what? You too are a tall nice of ice cold iced tea, you know, mm. sweet tea. Mm, look at that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't, Jimmy, you are a gorgeous man. Let's start with that. <laughs> don't act as if you don't know. <laughs> I am my husband's gorgeous man. That's 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 how it is. Uh, people tell me these things. I will uh, look for those. People don't know I'm an introvert because normally when people but, see me, yeah. normally when people see me, it's because I'm on stage. Mm -hmm. You know, so they see this very extroverted persona, uh, but like me you know there was that meme that was going around where it was of rami malik where it was like me on stage and it's him as freddie mercury and then me off stage in a hoodie just yes. like himself. that's me like when i get off stage i'm like okay i'm gonna go back to my own little bubble where i feel safe so like people don't know i'm i'm a uh i'm an introvert so i get really uncomfortable with compliments <laughs> okay well I'm, you know, it's really funny because I think I've always been introduced to you in these very extrovert type of spaces, right? You're on stage, you're performing, you've always had your poetry hat on. It wasn't until recently when I went to go visit Texas in January when I got to like see you with social distance wise where you're like spraying me, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I got to like, yeah, I really get to know you, you know? Um, and not only, you know, not only are you a great poet, uh, you're a great husband, you're a great dog dad, and you are an amazing cook, okay? Oh, <laughs> I appreciate the compliment. I'm also a gay dad. My, my, yeah. my, little, my little gay son is is in the audience here. Um, but I'll, ah. I'll, t I'll, t I'll take... I'll take the compliment on the cooking, you know? <laughs> you should. I'll do, it. I'll do it. Wait, let's talk about cooking. Let's talk about cooking real quick, okay? Because we might, this might be the rest of the episode. Um, Mexican rice versus Puerto Rican rice. Oh, you know my answer. <laughs> I know your answer. I know my answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what about it? What about these rices? <laughs> Why does it have to be crusty and crispy? What what, what is it? What's the little the little little, little brown bits that we that we scrape <laughs> scrape off from the bottom? I don't know. We, we, we was talking about it with another poet that we had on here, and it was like, yeah, those little like burnt bits at the bottom of the pan. That's mm. part of it. Let that's me tell you why. <laughs> tell me. Educate the children. 
Yeah, I am the children. It's me. So it's great because you know I think this will be great to like you know where I think this is where my grandmother who passed, uh, my Puerto Rican grandmother is the one that passed, and she, uh, when I used to live in Jersey a little bit before I came to New York, I would every Sunday I would go visit her, and she would always make me arroz con gandules with like chuletas y tostones. Um, and so the arroz con gandules, I remember one time I was like, please let me let me show you, but she's like, ah, I don't know, you know, and she doesn't speak English, so I videotaped her. The reason why it is not crusty, but crispy, and <laughs> it's a little fried. Let me tell you, Puerto Ricans love to fry everything. If you can give them anything, they'll like, we'll fry it, okay? So the rice is a little fried. Um, so how Pull up the comment like from Bonafide. Pull up the comment <laughs> from Bonafide, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best yeah it's it's so how my grandmother made it was basically um she would get like pork fat right she would get pork fat and then fry it in the oil and then that's when she put the rice and the gandules right which is like some type of like almost beans kind of they're like beans but like they're also like chickpeas a little bit um and then gives it that fried crispy taste to it yes yeah. and you put a little less sazon or you know those little like packets of um of like pure sodium that like from goya that everybody uses <laughs> uh -huh. just to add a little flavor to it but yeah it is not crusty it is it is crispy <laughs> semantics <laughs> get it correct uh, well i think we've uh we've boycotted goya as of recently because yes of the fuckery, which we released the fuckery. Yes. Um, I will say my Mexican rice, okay? Because normally Mexican rice calls for uh, some sort of like tomato puree or something like that to give it like its red uh, color and all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I decided that yeah. instead of like taking just tomato puree, what if I took a can of Mexican salsa and use that in place of tomato puree. So my Mexican rice is spicy, okay? Mm, it is okay. all of Mexico okay. in the rice. So we'll, we'll have a rice off the next time, um, the next time we meet. Oh no! Well, you're gonna you're gonna win because I just said my like grandmother knows I'm um <laughs> I don't know how to cook rice. <laughs> Bonafide, come teach her, please. <laughs> Y'all live in the same neighborhood. Y'all get together and teach her how to make that pegao in con con, okay? Uh, please, please. Um, let, me get to a, let me get to a question that Ayo uh, posted yes. in the comments. Because again, we're taking questions, people. This is your time to ask us. Um, how do you go about prepping for your interviews? What motivates the questions you ask? Rob, you go first. Yes. Um, so it's interesting, though, because I think... All honesty, um, because I haven't really been in the poetry scene so much. Like I know some of our poets and then I don't know a lot of our poets, right? Um, it's a little balance of both. Um, so how we go about like booking is through Chibi. We have our behind the scenes like with Rooster, sometimes myself as well, of people that we kind of know or friends or people who we just like, this is who we want to bring, right? Um, and if it's, you know, for some people, when we bring them on, especially for Io, because Io has been on our show before, um, we take it upon ourselves, I know for me, to go about and read anything that y'all have, right? Um, our major work, um, you know, we also read 
any type of interviews, any type of bios that you have out there. Sometimes we watch videos of y'all, right? There have been times where I'm like watching videos while I'm stuck in traffic um, just to hear recordings of like people who have been on shows or if they're doing um, stuff on like Button. And then Tibby is really great about researching. And if I also know the poet, I'll also add like personal questions. Um, but we definitely go about and try to do our research. Um, and then every every day uh, right before not every day but at least the day of we actually have a google doc sheet of our run of our show um to be like do i do i tell everybody <laughs> but, you know, just give but, away all our secrets it's fine you know what it's like I, you know um to be if you don't mind like i also think about it as like you know, I don't want to keep secrets from our poetry community because that's the whole thing. We want people to share and, and do the work too. And um, so we just do a Google Doc of like banter and, and our questions, our speed dating questions. And then the questions that we found through our uh, our research, our readings, as well as like the videos that we've, you know, we've seen of, of y'all. Um, and that's where we get really specific. And we both like try to do questions and we like take turns asking questions. And then we do questions on the fly. And I think as the the podcast has, or season two has progressed, um, we've definitely been comfortable with more of our chemistry and like knowing when to come in and, um, and jump in. And I think it's been more organic as from the very beginning where you can probably see me be like, next question, right? <laughs> Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about like, you know, I, I know where my falls are and like, I'm still learning and it's great. And, um, but yeah, I think it's been more organic and Chibi is a great co-host and we've been really great together. And, um, I really enjoyed this experience and I, you know, I always know you've been on it and it's been great. And, um, and other poets that have also been on this podcast, it's been all great shows that I've not only learned, but I've also enjoyed the poetry and yeah. really makes me miss being uh, quote unquote poet. poet. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Before I jump in on the question, Bonafide said, I got you, Chibi. Let's go, Raquel. Okay. He going to teach you how to make arroz. Okay. Um, but basically, everything that Raquel said is very true. Um, we take, um, we take the interviews very seriously in terms of like, we want to be prepared. It always comes to from a place of, of love. Um, and a place of wanting to make our guests shine as brightly as possible. You know, uh, we think a lot about like who we want to have on this show. And like, honestly, like full transparency, we have a list of about 150 people that we want to have on this show. Um, so it's very hard making these decisions um, and coordinating with people to, to, to make it happen. But when we do like have someone come on, we want to make sure that we are showcasing them in their best light as much as possible. Yes. Um, so we do the research. Uh, we want our audience to, as we say, get to know the person behind the poetry. So we'll dive into the poetry, but we also want to dive into you because you as a person yeah. is so special and that's what makes your poetry so special right so yes there is a lot of research that goes into it um and there's a lot of it that just has to do with how can we make someone shine the best um exactly. so, and apparently we're doing a good job because io says uh both your questions are always so genius that's why i was curious Bonafide said, I love the questions you two ask me. Thank you for them. So, yay, we're doing a good job. Um, so, speaking of doing a good job, you do a good job of writing poetry. Oh, Rock. you think so? Yeah, <laughs> Give us another poem. Give us another poem here. 
Okay. All right. Cool. Um, yes. Especially since we're talking about like identity crisis, um, and like you know being Latino. I also also want to like let you know like these are poems that I wrote in my early twenties, right? Um, so because I haven't really written anything, and these are the ones I I competed with, um, and I hope you really enjoy them. So this is called Lessons. Um, I don't have them memorized, so that's why I have to remember the book. Um, and if you can, mic on the page from the mic to the page, blah poetry spot. <laughs> always gonna always gonna promote y'all. <laughs> Tippy's like muted, but he's like, yeah, <laughs> we do good work, y'all. All right. So this is called Lessons. A classmate once told me, Raquel, you are so smart for being Mexican. As if it were a compliment, as if I should feel gratitude that they took the time to acknowledge my existence, put my intelligence under review, congratulating me on being exception to their racism. They smile across the table, waiting for me to reply with, thank you so much. I've never heard that before. You're absolutely right. I contemplate on whether I should stay silent. Tattoo the comet with white ink on my skin. Let it stay with me forever. Me mistaken for a childhood scar or could have hit them. I wish I had hit them. Hit them with years of lessons I was taught like my mom telling me not to play with stereotypes, bad influences, company I did not want to keep. I remember her yelling, always be on time, Raquel, always be on time. They will expect you not to show up, be absent for the rest of your life, cover up, Raquel. You don't need that type of attention. It will strip you of everything, grow inside of you, leaving you to walk the world barefoot with shame. Brother, washing his dark skin tells me, stay out of the sun, Raquel, you don't want to get too dark. The sun's violence rays not only changes your skin color, but people's perspective of you. Boyfriends gifting me with straighteners, want me to be tamer, leaving my hair hot but not spicy, asking me why does your hair need to take up so much space? Remember, boys don't like to play with tangles, Raquel, let it be straight. Teachers guiding my tongues into interrogation rooms, checking its papers at the door, undoing the speech impediment I picked up from my mother, make it sound smoother, make it sound legitimate, make it sound educated. English is not meant to have a Spanish accent, Raquel. Raquel, you should just change your name to Rachel. It just sounds so much prettier and it's easier to spell. Wouldn't you like that better, Rachel? At least you wouldn't sound so brown. Why do you insist on being so brown? You should be smarter than this. You are smarter than this. Just stop being so Mexican. Just stop being. I wish I should have hit them. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> mm. Oh, there's so much in that that I want to unpack. Uh, the first thing I want to unpack is them calling you Mexican. Yes. <laughs> so there's a common like misconception. <laughs> there's a common misconception <laughs> that all uh, Latinos, Latine, I've just come into term, come across that term, Latine. Uh, all Latine people yes. in Texas are Mexicans. This is not true, people. So can we talk about your rich history? We talked about your Puerto Rican rise. What about your Salvadorian self? Like, give me more about, like, you and your amazing cultural diversity. 
Yes, I definitely think it's been influenced not only about my family and my culture and my ethnicity, but also where I've been in points of my life. So even to this day in New York, people still can very much confuse me as Mexicana, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people have always asked me specifically about the poem, like, why don't you talk about correcting um, people in your poem saying that, no, I'm Puerto Rican and Salvadorian, right? Um I think at the first draft of that, I did, but I think, you know, in Texas and <laughs> I think just like in, when we, we have this complex idea of like letting me that, right. Mm-hmm. On how like problematic it is um, and how it cannot be inclusive or it does definitely doesn't really encompass everything. So, you know, when you talk about being Puerto Rican and Salvadorian, you, Puerto Rican has U.S citizen status, right? Whereas Salvadorians don't um, and Mexicans don't. And then there's this like hierarchy of like immigrants, right? So you always think about immigrants as being Mexican, um, but now like Salvadorians are being the next like largest immigrant um, um, group that's coming into the United States. And even in like Central America, and um, Salvadorians are like the highest of Central Americans. So it's very complex, right? Yeah. Um, but when I have those conversations with my friends, they, you know, um, they're just very conscious of like, you know, when you dis, when you kind of change or correct people, like, I'm no, I'm not, Puerto, you know, I'm not Mexican, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican and Salvadorian. It's almost like a disc of like not being Mexican, right? Mm. Um, and that's not what I wanted to come off as. No. I, I know that when I first came from the East Coast to Texas, I definitely had those arrogance and like that, the prejudice of like, oh, we're better than us because Puerto Ricans, they're a small little island, but they they, they loud. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they're just like, <laughs> we the best, right? They're the, they're the Texas <laughs> of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so I think, you know, a lot of my friends, my Chicana friends and Mexican friends, they definitely checked me on that. And it's so funny because now when I come back to, you know, come back to the United States and people sometimes either try to like diss on Mexicans or they kind of say some like stereotypical things. I'm like, yo, (laughs) you need to correct yourself. Let me tell you about this beautiful culture. Um, And it's it's really hard because I, I do correct them. Um, in a very polite way, but then I also tell them, like, you know, I try to also educate them on the history of Mexicans and, and Texas um, and, like, your rituals and how beautiful it is. And it's not just, like, the stereotypical things of what people think of, like, Cinco de Mayo and, because that's coming up soon, right? And, like, sombreros and, and drinking and it's, it's like, no, they they celebrate death. I Like, for me, Dia de los Muertos is, like, you celebrate death in these beautiful ways, Um you have like ways of expression and even dance um, that just moves your body in in amazing ways. So uh, again, definitely an identity crisis. People in New York really think I'm Mexican and I'm like, no, I'm I'm half Puerto Rican, half Salvadorian. And it's this (laughs) weird way of like gatekeeping me in this Puerto Rican community, so now I'm back. So it's, it's identity has always been complicated. It's, it's, it's a constant struggle. And it's one of those things where some people appreciate the umbrella terms of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like of Latinidad and Latin, yeah. Latinidad, uh, but other people shy away from them because they find that their personal identity gets lost in the umbrella. Yes. You know, yes. you can say the Latina community but oftentimes that's a very specific picture of what other people think is uh, that community. And also that uh, that can sometimes have its own erasure of um, 
dark skin and black people in the Latina community yes. because that's not what people immediately think of. So it's, it's uh, other people directly identify with Afro Latino. Other people are like, don't call me Latino, call me Chicano, right? Yeah. Um, things like that. So the question of identity is I think an ongoing struggle and very yeah. personal and something that we should be very respectful of just calling people what they want to be, right? Yeah. Because some terms are like, or some identities are, this is where I'm like, my little Latinx studies things, but like identity or how like you're, you're identifying, like even Chicano, right? Or Chicanex, um, Chicana, it is a self-identified um, like political identity, right? Like nobody can call you that, you yourself have to identify. Same thing, like if you think about like, New York people have different thoughts of like what a New Yorker is, um, you know, or, or anything else, but or being indigenous or like taking on those like words. But yeah. yeah, but I feel like I'm not the only one. Cause you too, you also have these like in between worlds, right? Of being from Mexico, then being from Laredo to Texas and San Antonio and just going all the way. Even though I know you're a sweet Southern boy, like you encompass really two different countries. Yeah, yeah. And it was one of those things where like, I didn't realize I was a minority until I moved to Austin to go to college where I was like, oh, wait a second. Yeah. Wait, wait, what? Y'all don't eat, y'all don't use tortillas? You know, like, is this just this really big, like eye-opening moment because in Laredo, the population is 98% Mexican-American. Yeah. 2% everything else, right? Uh, and also, I'm not trying to diss on my own city. It just, it is what it is. Everyone in Laredo wants so desperately to be American. You know, it's this little like bubble of a city that is very Mexican influenced, but on American soil. And I don't want to say everybody. I'm not going to generalize. We're not going to use hyperbole. But there's so many people there that are so like dead set on like, no, I'm American, mm. you know, and don't realize that like if you just traveled two hours north, there'd be people that check you real quick because they don't see you as American. Yes. So you need to start realizing that p the part that makes you unique is the part that, you know, you should embrace, embrace the duality. We can be Mexican American. That can be a thing. You know, you, you can love certain aspects of what living on American soil does while also not losing sight of what, you know, you made your abuelas, your abuelas when they decided to come here. Right or when they were here before the border decided to cross them. So there's a, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. What is it? I think people should not try to guess race by color. I work at McDonald's and I have to managers. She is Rocky's color. And he is a color most would associate with Middle Eastern. They are our blood siblings. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It is, it's definitely, you know, and I think exactly like are there's so many people who are left out in these conversations yeah. and that's what Latinidad is so complex, right? Because mm -hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> it's I, you know, like, here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, we try really best in our show to recognize, you know, that we are privileged like like skin Latinas or like or Latinos, right? Um Latine. That was the Latine. other one was coming across this this term Latine. Um, yes. So do you want me to get a little geeky on it or or not? <laughs> yeah, I, all I want all I'm going to say is that white people invented the term Latinx 
and decided not to check in with Spanish speakers to see if that worked in Spanish languages. So That's... it wasn't white people, it was actually academics, really. It's, oh, okay. it's in the <laughs> academic world, right? Um, and that is, again, this critique of like elitism and how just um, the disparities between ac academics and this ivory tower with um, the community. So then let, you know, let the next team from this academic term, because I remember when it first came out, because we weren't using the arroba as like, you know, A and O, um, mm -hmm. And then it's like, let's do it Latinx. And then Spanish speakers are like, here comes the academics all being using their like elitism and degrees. And they're not knowing that like Latinx is not, it's not translating into actual Spanish. Like mm -hmm. Latine is easier. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take it. Mm -hmm. Because you see it now too, in terms of pronouns in Spanish, you know, a, a gender neutral pronoun is ella. Yes. You know, not ella, not el, it's ella. So Thank you. Thank you for bringing it down to the people. No problem. No problem. Again, this is what I study for. Like, I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Well, you know, with that in mind, since I shared a poem, go ahead and share your poem. Let's do one. Let's get emotional, people. Uh, <laughs> you have me. I was. You had me thinking of my poem about Las Dos Fridas um, because of this conversation, but I'm not going to do that one. That one's on YouTube. Uh, I want to do poems I don't normally do at slams because I feel like that's what most people end up seeing. Um, I've been for the past six months or so working on this chapbook um, about my life many years ago uh, about love and addiction and recovery and going through all that. And a shout out to Ebony Stewart who planted the seed in my head at a workshop where she was like, go back and revisit your old poems and how would you write them now? after everything. And I was like, oh, I thought I had already written about this point in my life. But no, maybe I can go and re-examine this. So anywho, this is from that that I'm working on and hopefully will get published sometime this year or next. This is called, Can I Borrow 40 Bucks? My sister is the queen of go along with whatever, perpetually shrugging sidekick. Anxious brown eyes perched above loyal cheeks. The little sister that bailed, bought, and covered for her older brother's follies to a fault. Been keeping my secrets since I came out in eighth grade. This time, she was a sophomore swirling in a dorm room of vision boards and books with fancy titles trying to justify their price tag bundled on a bunk bed in a maroon hoodie and cow print pajama pants. I was a hundred miles away, anxiously sweating in my Dodge Stratus despite the AC in the midsummer central Texas heat. It wasn't the heat. It had been more than a day since the ATM finally stopped spitting out money I did not have. Bone dry of anything pawnable, I'd be balled up on the sticky floor of the bathroom soon enough, begging to a God I did not believe in to make it all stop staring at the dead cockroaches' broken wings, wondering who had it worse. I flipped open my phone and anchored onto memories of easier lies, like convincing her she really wanted the Catwoman action figure and not the Barbie doll so we could play together when we got home. I fumbled through whatever false narrative my foggy mind could forge. Out of gas, delayed paycheck, lost debit card, no, don't transfer, better to wire, walking distance from a Western Union, yes, now, thank you, I love you, thank you. 
A second call and the lies lift and fade like dew. She calls back to make sure I got the money. A slur appreciation and delusion. She soaks the receiver in tears, says, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, a heartbeat. I hang up, settle into the pool of dirty laundry. I think she knows. I'm too high to care. I drift off wandering if she, wondering if she pulls her knees under her hoodie the way she used to when no one could hold her, hugs them tight as disbelief and weeps while her roommate studies. This breaks our bond. This secret she knew she couldn't keep. Um, yeah, let's get sad, as Ryan McMasters would say. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> I feel like I'm a like, little cat face emoji. Like, like... <laughs> wow, Shibby. Oh. Wow. I don't think I've ever heard that poem before. You um, haven't. You haven't. <laughs> no, I haven't. No, I haven't. Um, oh. That was that was great. Thank you for sharing. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, um, been working on that for a minute. <clears throat> man, it is. It, it's an interesting thing because it's like it's this is this chapbook that's about a very specific period of my life, mm -hmm. and um, you know, like I didn't write a lot when I was going through this addiction, but I wrote some, and it was all just you know like angry poems. And then I was like, once once I was done with it, I was like, right, I've moved on. I don't need to revisit that. Uh, and this idea of going back and revisiting times in your lives when maybe you didn't have the tools to mm -hmm. properly process it or to or to properly write about it, because like I I could have written poems back then, but they would have sucked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and um, I'm now in that. Somebody else. I did a, a, an event earlier today where they asked me and another poet featuring Six God is like, do you guys have a poem about when you came out to your family and what that was like? And we were both like, no, we don't. Mm -hmm. Because it happened early in our lives, right? Yeah. Before we were writing poetry. But it's like, that's a great prompt. I should go back and revisit that, right? Because now I have the tools to speak about it. Now I have the tools to be able to like actually write about these things in a way that like, you can you can craft it into something that makes sense and that resonates with people. Ideally, fingers crossed. You know, I don't know if I'm actually doing that, but um, no, you are. I mean, have you not seen the comment section? It's like fire, clap, damn, yes, so deep. I love it. Mm, I'll take it. I'll take it. It's 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 rough. You know, I don't I don't write about feelings a lot, so it's been an interesting journey trying to dive into my feelings. Yeah, because not only that, you've been actually been doing a lot of workshops with different poets. I <laughs> and you also have your own workshops too. Yeah, I have. I think this was also a question in the panel that I was on earlier about like, has the pandemic made it harder to write? And I'm like, not for me. Um, I uh, definitely have appreciated the the pivot towards virtual because now we don't have to be in. You know, I don't have to live in New York in order to attend a workshop with Patricia Smith. No. You know, I don't have to fly all the way to the Tucson, Arizona Poetry Festival to have a chance 
you know, to learn from Eduardo Coral, right? There's, there's so much that is now, it's this idea of accessibility that mm. I think to go back to the terms of gatekeeping, I think yeah. we had been gatekeeping a little bit because we would require people to not just pay for the workshop, but to also pay for the travel, pay for the hotel, pay for, you know, like now they ha have to be eating out. Like going to a festival like that used to be ridiculously inaccessible yeah. for working class people or people that like write poetry. I don't want to say as a hobby, but don't do it full time. Yeah. Uh, it's like that kind of investment is a lot to ask of someone. And now in the virtual space, it's just become so much more uh, available to people that I think, I, I don't think needs to go away. I, I want us to come back together, but yeah. I think the virtual option needs to stay. No, I definitely agree. Uh, you know, we've really challenged. So for, for people who, who don't know, or I guess you do know if you've been following us, that I am an assistant director for um, Office of Student Life at a, at a college, a community college here in, in Brooklyn. Um, and that's the reason why we've been able to get different speakers and poets because it's accessible, right? And when we think about poetry in itself, the way that you know, the Beats poets or just like New Yorkian poets, I'm, I'm talking about in New York and in general, um, they made poetry, it's supposed to be accessible for the common people. It wasn't supposed to be for like elite people to really like look in, in academics and reverse it. Like, no, I'm speaking to my people to start a revolution, to start like these political um, movements, right? And, it, and again, I think we forget that poetry and writing is always meant to change, to move and forward to change or a revolution. Um, and it's not not meant to like, can we be published in academic journals? It is really for the people to understand and be inspired. Um, and I think the Zoom really features or online has allowed us to do that. So definitely. Yeah. And I think there's been a lot of, I, I want to acknowledge Linda's comment of not a little bit a lot. I've never attended AWP because it was never affordable. You know, yeah. the only reason that I attended AWP was because it was in my hometown. I didn't have to travel. So yeah, absolutely uh, on that. Um, and I want to say that one of the things too is this idea of accessibility, like a lot of people seem to, for lack of a better term, shit on Instagram poets, or even at, uh, on that, hold spoken word and slam poetry at a lower level than academic poetry, for lack of a better term, right? And yes. it is, it, I think it is, we, yeah, go ahead. I think we should measure in terms of how do people connect to it? Mm. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that is, in my opinion, and I don't know shit, okay? I'm the first to admit, I don't know shit. Um, but in my opinion, that's, I think, how we can measure the success of a poem is how it connects to people, you know? So if, it what, it's a six-line poem that somebody posted on their Instagram but has 40,000 likes because it resonates with people? Fantastic. It's a successful poem, you know? It's been published in the... Texas Poetry Review. I think I made that up, you know, and has distribution across 20,000 people. Fantastic. That's a fantastic, that's an amazing poem. But in terms of like the medium at which it's shared, where it came from, that poet's history, like we need to stop all of that segregation of the poetry world and just measure the poem. Yeah, I definitely, and I guess 
And exactly, exactly. Because um, when I think about it, you think about like academics. I think everybody just kind of bases off like <laughs> just how much you know their book is is worth, whether or not it's like the top list of uh, poetry, you know, poetry books on Amazon, or is it being written about? Is it being written about in academics? And again, like it goes back to like poetry is meant for the people for a reactionary response, right? Um, going back to like this like Mexican, right? Come on, shout out to the Mexicans, right? Uh, and, their, <laughs> and their ways, right? Um, especially when you there's a there's a way that they need to call poetry is flor, floricanto, right? Which mm. is like flower flower song. Um, but that is how they would describe poetry um, in indigenous ways. And it is, it was just oral. And we think about even the Iliad and like the Odyssey, it's, it was all oral. Mm. And it's always so interesting when people are like, oh, a spoken word is, it's like kind of, you know, lowbrow kind of poetry. Mm. And it's like, no, it is the poetry that origin. You know, when we originated to, when you think about Greece and all these massive civilizations, it was always uh, an oritative type of um, a gift for the people, right? Mm. And it's again, it's how we respond to it. So I definitely, definitely agree with that. Yeah, shout out to Flower Song Press, who's doing uh, amazing work. <laughs> Just throwing yeah. that out there, uh, because yeah, absolutely. If we start like, if we stop se separating, we we can acknowledge the fact that there are amazing spoken word poems out there. Yeah. There are also crap spoken word poems out there, and yeah. similarly, there are amazing page poems out there, and there's also crap page poems out there. So. Yeah. Io says, you better give this history, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I got this. I got this. <laughs> uh -huh. So let me see. Linda also said, some of the best poems I've heard are spoken word. I only don't do it because my poems are super short, like my attention span. <laughs> I want to I do want to say on that on that subject that it's also two different mediums and two different skill sets. Mm -hmm. You know, with with let's say a page poem. It, you're flexing different muscles. You're using different skills because a page poem, someone can digest over and over and over again, right? Yes. They can sit with a line for a while yes. and then go see how it relates to other lines and all of that can happen. With spoken word, you got one chance to digest the whole poem. Yes. You know? So that's where oftentimes they don't translate into each other because they're different skill sets. You know, it's different muscles that we're using because it's a different medium. You know, you wouldn't like, why it's like comparing a, a uh, mason worker to an abstract artist. Like, yeah, it's both art, but like, it's two very different mediums. So let's stop trying to like lump everything together. Like, just let it let it be what it is and celebrate it. Exactly. But at the same time, oh, for people who don't know, I'm sorry, I got like really close. So <laughs> like, I'll I'm do so it too. <laughs> Y'all know, but like after we're done with our show, we have notes. Um, and like sometimes our spouses or friends gives us notes, you know. And one of the things is like, stop being the frame, Raquel. Like, super close up, like, back up. You're no, gonna see the skin. You're gonna see the skin. No, but I think what was I gonna say? Um, but yeah, no, but I, so, well, you know, I owe you had a question about like the questions and what pr props are questions. Like I, for me, I love seeing how people format their poems, especially when they 
are first originally wrote it as a spoken word poem and are now are translating it into a, a poem page and vice versa, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I also, you know, I also, since I, you've been commenting a lot too, like your work definitely takes up the page, right? Another person I think that we've interviewed is like Eris, um, even where we're, you know, Bonafide's been like um, commenting too, like the way he does list poems, you know, and it's very strategic with his stanzas. I, I love it. Right, because it's so intentional. And see, right? to me, those are the superstars. The people that yeah. can do both. Those are the superstars. The Ios and the heiresses. You know, like I think big names right now. You know, are Dines Smith, who's like traversing both both mm -hmm. realms. It's like those are the superstars. They can do both. Okay, um, but on the subject of poetry for the people, yes. Rocky, give yes. the people another poem, please. Give us another <laughs> poem. Let's All go. Right. This is my last poem, y'all. Last poem, last poem. Um, cool. So this is a poem that's actually been published um, through Third Woman Press, which was a huge accomplishment for me because that was um, published alongside with, like, you think about Gloria Zandula um, and these very huge Chicano writers. And it was, but it also was first recognized through Santa Susia, who we had Natasha hidden on this in too. Um, and this is a special poem for me because this was like probably one of my first poems I wrote for Blah, right? Um, and has gone through so many edits. Uh, so I think it's just appropriate to, to end off with this poem. So, it is called Good Looking. I have always been conscious of my battling tongues, of being too assimilated to speak my mother's language, the rejection of English because of my brown skin. Sometimes I want to refuse to speak, refuse my mouth movement, conscious it might be too ugly for either side to hear. But I remember something Celia Cruz once said in all her colorful outfits and sweet courage of azúcar. My English is not very good looking, but I'm very glad to say that. She has an unapologetic accent, point blank. Her English, well, is not very good looking. And one brave line, her less than classic beauty has no pity, has, but has the ganas to be a good looking, pure, badass mommy. Esa mujer tiene tumbao. And for all the Spanglish, can't find the correct words in Spanglish, English, pocha, mommies. Celia speaks to us. Porque si, tenemos tumbao. Fuck the, wow, you speak English really good. Or do you know why Spanish is so important? Or shame on your mother for not teaching you Spanish. No te jodes con eso. Check them with yes, I speak English well. Not good to answer your grammatically incorrect statement. I'm not trying to be anyone's token. Yes, I know Spanish is important. My skin is a constant reminder that language is always trying to erase me. My mother was trying to preserve me, so don't shun her for showing me how to survive. Our broken tongues do not need to fall apart because of people who don't understand. Our language lives in between of constantly being misunderstood and lost in translation. So no, I will not apologize for my incorrect Spanish. I'm reclaiming what was taken and wounds take time to heal. No, I'm not trying to be white. English was my first language, so don't call me a coconut like it would crack me open and find me hollow. 
See me like Celia. Colorful aquatics with sweet courage of azúcar rolling off my tongue, mixing sugar and salt to recreate flavors from recipes trial and error. Celia, I want my tongue to be good looking like yours porque mi español on the mí es bien chula también. Pero mujeres, there will always be people not wanting to hear how good looking we are. Thank you. Hey! Okay, Rocky. Okay. There was like seven, seven different accents in that poem, but I will take them all. <laughs> it's, 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 it's. <laughs> I will take them all. Okay, so then let me. <laughs> so then let me ask you. Like, <laughs> you you're you're from originally New Jersey, right? Uh, yeah. and and lived in San Antonio, moved back okay. to New Jersey. You're yes. now in Brooklyn. Yes. <laughs> Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Okay. And a little bit in, I lived in Puerto Rico for a little bit too for three okay. years as well. We got that we got that little bit in there. Um What's Brooklyn like? Was was it was it? I don't know. You know, like, because we've we've had the talk of New York versus San Antonio, right? Like, yeah, a little bit. We don't, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. No, we know no. you. You know that you, your heart lives in two places, <laughs> San Antonio, um, and that you'll never be able to choose one over the other, <laughs> San Antonio. Um, <laughs> but what is what is what is what is life for a little uh, Salvadorican? child of this world in Brooklyn? Oh man, first of all, my like Spanish and my accents are like all over the place. <laughs> like you said, cause you're like, your Spanish is all over. I even heard, I was like, yeah, my mother. And I was like. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what prompted the question. I was like, okay, Brooklyn. <laughs> oh wait, did I freeze? Did she freeze? Who's frozen here? One of us is frozen, and it may or may not be me. Can I get some comments from someone who may or may not be part of this production team? She is frozen. Okay, me? I'm. I'm. I. All right, and she's back. Okay, okay cool, 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 cool. Um, no, I've been really enjoying um, this New York lifestyle. Um, I think San Antonio always has my heart. It. It is pure magic. I really do believe that my magic stems from San Antonio and there are certain places that give me power. Um, and it's been kind of hard to be in New York because, you know, I've talked about how there's so many people here and you feel very lonely um, at the same time, which is something that I've never experienced before. Um, and so I'm trying to find places of home here as well. But it is the fast pace, the different types of people that I meet, and just being exposed to so many things stimulate me. And even though it's been hard the past couple of years, I'm really seeing myself like trying to make New York home, right? And maybe that starts with like saying like, yo, can I get a bacon and cheese with some coffee, please? You know? <laughs> with coffee. And coffee, you know, <laughs> I do. I like emphasize perfect some stuff, and then it's so hard because then when I go back to Jersey and my my cousin gets like really New Jersey. She's I, she's from El Salvador, right? She's Salvadorian, and she's a uh, pure Jersey girl. Like I really believe that she can be leading the mafia in some type of way. Um, she's like you know Raquel because, and I'm like yeah because. Let's go to the mall, right? Like let's go to the mall and let's get tan. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> those longest stuff, but um, 
it is it's you know just i think on my instagram page i always say like i'm living on the hyphen and i i always am constantly living in between worlds in this liminal space this you know we talk about uh going to listen to in the show but this nabat left right mm-hmm. of being always in between and and or her being stuck in this as a cloth between on um mexico and new york i i am i am always constantly having a foot in between so many different spaces so it's mm-hmm. it's interesting um it's hard sometimes but i wouldn't want it any other way and i will say i think that's what makes some of the people in this country the best people in this country is those people that are living with with feet in multiple places right is that mm-hmm. live in the hyphen as you say because it creates a richer a richer person, you know, a, ri- a richer history, a richer culture, as you try to embrace all the aspects of who you are. Um, you know, I think a lot of us just by nature ha- have that hyphen, even if it isn't as overt mm-hmm. uh, to others, uh, but there is this hyphen and it's not always racial. It's, it's uh, sometimes it's religion, sometimes it's social economic status, sometimes uh, it's, it's just, you know, geographic can also create a hyphenation. And I think by embracing that hyphen, it creates the richest kind of people. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's a, I lived multiple lifetimes, right? Mm. <laughs> and it's in different places. Um, but yeah, I think your poetry also like extends to that too. You know, um, so speaking of your poetry, can you please try to close this, you know, close this out with one of your poems? Yes. I'm like, which one are you going to do? Which one? Another one you've never heard is what I'm going to do. <gasps> okay. I, okay. I said, Look at I, you. Look at you. I said I wanted, you know, most people know my slam work. Like, it's out there. It's on YouTube. Go Google me. I'm there if okay. you want to hear those. Uh, this one, too, is from that collection that I'm working on, um, talking about, you know, like, how we take poems and then craft them for the page. Like, ooh, Rocky, if you could see this poem, it's sexy. It's sexy on the page. Ooh, oh, gosh, I wish you could show me because I'd be like, let me see, let me see. <laughs> it's sexy. And I think it's one of those poems that when you read it versus hearing it, you mm. can tear it apart in so many ways and digest different points of it. Uh, in any case, um, this is probably like draft 12 of it because it's come a long way from where it first was. Um, and shout out to my writing salons. I have two groups of writers that I regularly get together with to give and receive feedback from. And uh, this collection and this poem specifically would not be where it is without them. So shout them out. This is called, um, You Deserve an Apology. You deserve the doe-eyed dreams before the doubt, septic, seeping, plagued, everything you deserve before you looked for answers in other people's approval, brutal, burying your self-worth before someone else did so the dirt would land like snow. You deserve better than good for now. What did you think you deserved when you thought you deserved better than yourself? You deserve an apology for tinfoil blinders inoculating you from ambition, from yearning, from daydreams of what did you want to be when you grew up, turning maybe this time into probably never. How sad. You couldn't see your gleam radiating in the reflection of other people's eyes. 
When did you forget you are more than body cages, insecurities, limbs, more than shattered glass, the doors stacked, a blockade of ruthless, selfish decisions, suffocating the future you lost sight of for a quick fix, the wonderlust lost to fear of the unknown. A rented room gave comfort it used to give the boot to get up, get going. Now you're learning, tie your shoes again. Don't be so scared to get a little dirt in your eyelashes. You deserve to experience the soaring and swan dive. You already jumped. It didn't kill you. Give yourself credit for where you are after everything you've been through. You are deserving, at the very least, of that. <laughs> Yay! Thank you. Oof, Chibi. Wow. Wow. There's a lot. There's a lot happening there. Again, emotions. Me not writing. You know, I. Was, <laughs> I just saw Io's comment. Io, you have to see this poem on the page. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. One of the one of the comments I got from that poem was like, I mean, I kind of know what you're going through, but I don't know exactly what you're going through. Could you be more specific? And I don't want to be. In the context of the book, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I kind of like that poem just. Anyone that kind of needs that moment of like letting yourself have a little grace. Yes. Um, I want to, uh, I, I, I want that, this poem to give them that. I hope it gives them that, you know, I can only hope. So, yes. No, no problem. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to like have this, um, have you release this. I know you've been working really hard during the pandemic to really push your writing and it shows like this last two poems, like, Oof, chibi, 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 chibi. I look. <laughs> I know. Um, people, are, you know, we always talk about like my facial expressions. Um, yeah, I know. I can't hide them. I can't hide them. I'm all like, Ugh! uh huh. I think every every poetry reading needs to have a Rocky cam. <laughs> Where like you've got the poet doing their poem, but then you got Rocky in the corner just reacting to the poem. <laughs> yeah, it, just like that. Same with uh, if anyone's ever been at a poetry event with uh, y'all, um, y'all that know y'all know y'all. You you need a y'all in every in every audience because uh, that boy goes off when. Oh. The poetry is good. So, uh, any whistle. That's a, a side conversation. Um, damn, this has been such a great conversation, Rocky. It really has. It really has. I'm just like, <laughs> part of me is like, I feel like we should have like these like sprinkled in our season, um, yeah. just, like little check-ins, you know. This show is constantly evolving. Like we said at the beginning of the show, we're coming to a close on season two. I think we we have three more episodes left in season two, and then we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in late summer. Um, so we are constantly evolving what we do because we want to make sure that we are bringing the best show that we can to y'all, the audience. So um, 
I, I didn't print out our outline today, so I don't know who's thanking who, but I want to thank the audience. Yes, um, let's please thank the audience. You know, you guys have been, are, are such an amazing and integral part of the show. I love seeing y'all's comments. I love hearing y'all's questions. I love it when the poets that we feature have their friends watching mm-hmm. the show who give their own questions. Like, this show would not be possible without the audience. Uh, so um, I I love that you guys are part of it. And Amanda, if you can't make it every week, that's okay. Because you can always catch the show afterwards. Somewhere no. else. I don't I don't I don't know who's saying what. So I'm just Okay, gonna... it's okay, it's okay. I got you. I have I have it on my screen. Jimmy's old school and printed. I have always have my, my laptop <laughs> open for this. Um so are we Okay, let's do work. We're doing reflections now. <laughs> oh, let's have a reflection. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, so yeah, I think like I said, we're you know this has been great. Uh, thank you for the audience for your questions for always like definitely um, commenting and being a part of our show. Um, this is still my first season with y'all. Chippy's done this, you know, done forty plus um episodes already um and we really couldn't do this without y'all so we really appreciate it thank you for so much for the love uh for making me feel at home and making me feel like um i i have i guess the knowledge to to question and talk to poets and obviously chibi's an amazing host so thank you thank you we wouldn't be here without y'all so please still come on come on whenever you can um but if not you can always check us up on um our social media which we'll talk about but first we want to thank our audience and our production crew Shout out to Dominique, who's holding it down in the background. And shout out to Chris Condé, who has done our uh, theme music. And uh, yes, I'm going I'm to jump ahead just to answer the question of Amanda. If you can't make it here every week, you can always find our episodes on our YouTube channel uh, and watch them afterwards mm-hmm. or wherever you get your podcast, because this is available uh in a podcast form, the podcast always drops the Friday morning after the live show. But if you want more information on all of that, where can they get it, Rocky? Yeah, so you can always follow us on Instagram and Twitter right here bah, 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 on our little banner. And if you're listening to us on our podcast, um, you can follow us at, at Words and Shh, right? Um, IG, Twitter, you can even type that up on our YouTube and like follow us on anything on podcast wise. Um, definitely tell your friends, definitely follow us. Um, I know we have over 300 um, followers, close to probably 400 now. Um, we just want to continue to increase it. Um, and the better, you know, the more audience we have, the more that we can like provide to more, more of y'all. Um, so thank you so much. Yeah. And then. And Cassandra says, Cassandra says she catches us on YouTube afterwards. She's a subscriber. Shout out to you, Cassandra, for subscribing. Y'all do do us a favor. If if you're not subscribed on YouTube, just subscribe. Um, Mostly because when we get to 100 subscribers, we can change our URL to youtube.com slash words and shh. Until then, (laughs) it is some random numbers and letters that we would like to shorten for you to make it more accessible. Exactly. Um, but in any case, that was today's show. Yes. Next week. Next week. So please, again, come back. Um, 
same time, same place. And if you can't, for those, you know, you know the next day we will have this available for y'all. But our next feature is going to be on May 6th and it's going to be Kevin Cantor. So we're excited to have him. We're excited to have him on. Um, we're excited to, we're going to have only, what, three more episodes left? We, we only got three episodes. Kevin Cantor coming next week. They just dropped a book with Button Poetry called... Uh, I think it's, can you please come off book? Yes, please come off book. Um, Kevin Cantor is a resident of both the page and the stage theatrically. I can't wait. I've already started to dive into their book. It's phenomenal. Uh, I can't wait for them to share this work with y'all and uh, to get to know them a little better. So hopefully we see you here next week. Um, until then, this has been great. Y'all uh, stay safe out there. Stay safe and love y'all. Bye.